um, my skin became unbelievably itchy. I was losing my hair. And the biggest thing for me was I my mood dropped so low that I thought I'm depressed. I'm depressed. I couldn't. There was, I just had no joy at all. I'm Anne Dibbon, and this is Unexpected Turns, where along with my good friends, Beverly and Julie, we get to talk to some pretty amazing people whose lives have taken an unexpected turn. Today, we talk to the very glamorous Jane James, the life and soul of the party, always up for a laugh, but also fiercely protective of her family. Until, so it seemed to me, almost overnight, she wasn't. Why the change? What happened? And what has Jane done as a result? Hi, Jane. <laughs> Hello there. Thank you so much for coming. Mm-hmm. I know I've known you for... Definitely over 10 years. 15 years. World grand days. I know. <laughs> School days. But since then, you've got very, very involved with the Menopause and HRT group. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're here today to talk about. Okay. Hi, Jane. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a topic that's in the news a great deal at the moment, thank goodness. And I was only reading this morning about the campaigners who were in the Commons yesterday but I you know I'd like to ask you how you started you know what Mm. what was your starting point for founding this this group? Uh, Ten years ago I started getting some really uncomfortable lower abdominal pain didn't connect to it being anything to do with the womb or the ovaries or anything but it was niggly and I think as women we tend to put up with these niggles without really and then it started to get a little bit more niggly and a little bit more niggly and I thought "Mm, this isn't right and I was I was having some really odd sweats. I would just literally suddenly start sweating. And I was thinking, what on earth is the matter with me? Anyway, it turned out that I had cysts on my ovaries. Yeah. They basically said, yeah, you've, you've, one of your ovaries is quite bad. It's covered in cysts, which look like they're growing. And the, the other one is covered in cysts as well. Um, so the ovaries were basically packing up. So anyway, went into hospital and had one ovary completely removed and half of the other one I'm not actually quite sure why they left what the other one I think sometimes they don't like to completely remove everything but to be honest it wouldn't have made any difference um, for me in the long run so had the operation was in hospital a couple of days was sent home it was all keyhole surgery yeah and just told to basically get on with it I was off work I think for two weeks and initially, yes, I was a bit bruised. I remember the girls coming mm. to visit me at home and the, a lot of bruising suddenly starts to appear. Right. I just thought, right, that's fine. But then I would say probably about three or four months after, I started to get these night sweats really, really bad and flushes. Um, my skin became unbelievably itchy. I was losing my hair. Mm. And the biggest thing for me was I, my mood dropped so low that I thought, I'm depressed. I'm depressed. I couldn't, there was, I just had no joy at all. At the time, I was on uh, 40 milligrams of the fluxetine, which a lot of people know as the Prozac. Mm. And because my periods had become very, very heavy, but irregular, so I'd suddenly have a really heavy bleed, then nothing. And so she said, oh, we'll put you on the mini pill. And I'd been on the mini pill years earlier before I had my three sons, never had an issue with the mini pill at all. So for about a year or so, it, it eased the symptoms. Right. Only knowing now what I know about progesterone within the pill, mm. it does actually help ease symptoms. So, um, and obviously the antidepressant helped, but the antidepressant where I was on 40 milligrams, it kind of numbs your feelings. You don't, mm. you don't feel sad or angry. You're just numb. Yeah. And I hated that feeling. Yeah, absolutely hated it. Yeah. So I sort of persevered for a couple of years and it was only when I got to about the age of 49 and started doing a lot of research myself. I found uh, Dr. Louise Newson's site and basically got in touch with her site and booked back then. She had a lot of appointments free. I booked an appointment with her and it was going to set me back about £240, mm. which was a lot of money for me then. Yeah. Her secretary, Bridget, was wonderful. And she actually messaged me back and said, have you looked into HRT? And at that point, I hadn't really considered it. I think because we're not educated about going into the menopause, we don't get taught no, it like we do at school mentioned. with contraception no. or yeah. safe sex. You know, it's it's one of those taboo subjects. And I think, um, yeah, it was very much pushed under the carpet. 
so I, I didn't even think about it, to be honest, but they were fantastic. And as it turned out, I started doing an, an awful lot of research myself. I went back to my GP and said, look, I actually think I'm menopausal. I've read up that, you know, if you whip someone's ovaries out. Yeah. And I'm like, well, OK, well, we could try you on um, a combination tablet. And then back then, I think I was it was Cleofem that they first tried me on. Um, but I had horrendous side effects with the tablet tried another tablet same thing again and the side effects were I was getting lumps under my arms like you know glands swelling up and I thought I even went to my GP and they said we'll give you some antibiotics you're obviously run down you're ill nothing you know it was obviously related to the yeah yeah so I went back to Bridget Dr Louise's Newson secretary and said look I've tried these tablets you suggested I look at HRT and that's when she came back and said well actually why don't you look at patches and gels they're body identical and that's what we would recommend over the tablets and I think a lot of GPs issue tablets I I think they're cheaper to issue I'm not 100% sure on that but that seems to be the the way that they go um, with women but fortunately then because I'd really done a lot of research I then went to my GP and I was put on the Everall Conti patch which I had no issue with whatsoever and it just alleviated the symptoms straight away at that point I was really frustrated by what I class as my younger friends and my older friends I put into category because I've got this group of friends that are heading towards 50 Mm. and I've now got a group of friends heading towards 60 yeah (laughs) and I'm, I'm 57 this year and none of the younger friends knew anything about menopause and they would laugh and joke at me because initially when I first put the patch on I could not drink I would get oh my goodness I would feel drunk really quickly on one glass of red wine (laughs) and you know I'm I'm fine normally on red wine so they used to take they used to almost take yeah they took the mickey out of me but then my older friends didn't know about it either and weren't talking about it and I thought this is really odd I mean if this is something we're all going to go through, why aren't we talking about it? Yeah. Hence, the Menopause and HRT discussion group started, which was yeah, seven years ago now. And initially, I started it up for local women. So I invited all the local women I knew and said, look, invite your friends. We must start talking about this. It's a subject that's not talked about mm. and it's wrong. We should be talking about it. Yeah. And for the first couple of years, I sort of let the group toodle along on its own, you know, and occasionally I'd look at it and comment and and I think it was because I was getting to grips with my own journey, Yeah, basically, because we then had shortages. So I had to then change from the patches, which were fine for me. They made me try another tablet. I had more reactions. I then basically said, no, I want the gel and what they call this Utrogestan. Didn't get on with taking it orally. So I went back to Newson and she said, well, actually, it's off license, but you can use it vaginally. So I thought, Do you know what, I'm not even going to speak with my GP because I never got anywhere with my GP. So for a while, I was then on the gel because I couldn't get my Everall Conti patch. So and it's only in the last year and a half that I've gone back to the Everall Conti because I found I was progesterone intolerant on the Utrogestan, which is body identical. It becomes quite confusing. Gosh. But because I was on this contraceptive tablet for so many years, it's got uh, synthetic progesterone in it. And I never had an issue with the contraceptive tablet. So the patch, although the estrogen is body identical in the patch, the progesterone is synthetic. Right. So Mm. I'm actually fine with that one. Right. Um, And touch wood, I've basically, yeah, but I also top up because... When I speak to women and they say, oh, I'm, I'm I'm on the 50 patch, but I've started to get my night sweats back or something's creeping back like restless legs. Yeah. It's often that you're estro- you need more estrogen. So I at the moment I use a patch and I also top up with two to three pumps of gel, which I administer at night. You know, I, I don't get any menopausal symptoms whatsoever. It's made a huge difference. I added into that testosterone two years ago, did a lot of research on it and found that uh, it's not licensed for women in this country. Um, it's only licensed in Western Australia, and it's called Androfem. We're campaign. looking at trying, yeah, campaign to get testosterone licensed for women in this country because our ovaries produce three times as much testosterone as it does estrogen. So especially mm-hmm. with women that have their ovaries removed, the testosterone stops. So, of course, one of the things in the NICE guidelines states that a woman can be um, a doctor can consider giving a woman testosterone if her libido has gone right okay or has gone out the window if she's been on HRT for a year which I find absolutely ridiculous <laughs> given that 
libido was the last thing on my mind <laughs> uh, you know as much as I love Darren and we've been married 35 years it's like yeah absolutely I'd researched testosterone and it had come back with mass um it helps muscle mass it helps joint pain it helps concentration and mood and I had horrendous uh my joints and my ankles were really painful my elbows yeah I was getting out of bed in the mornings feeling like an old lady yeah just getting out of the chair after watching telly yeah. it was like oh my goodness I can hardly move when I get up and I'm exactly yeah the same and I, um, I've been on testosterone now for two years and my concentration is 10 times better at work. I don't uh, check things over and over. I'm not overthinking things. My mood has improved. And yes, the libido is a little bit better, but that wasn't really the... <laughs> I'd rather go to bed with a good book. <laughs> oh, But no, so, so uh, yeah, on the serious side, it definitely has made a huge difference. And a lot of women say, oh, well, you might grow a beard or a moustache. And I'm like, for goodness sake, it is the smallest amount you use. Yeah. You can only get Androfem if you go and see a private menopause specialist, which women are doing. But they're paying £35 a shot. And this mm. tube literally lasts them a month, if that. I did go very heavy handed into my GP with a lot of literature and plunked it down on her desk and said, right, I've had this done. And I printed off the nice guidelines, everything. And she gave me my first prescription with the understanding that I had to see a specialist. So I was referred on the NHS and I was lucky to see um, Dr. Henny Luckman, who is uh, based at the Princess Anne Hospital in Southampton. And at that point, I'd been using the testosterone for about four months. And she said, how are you getting on with it? I said, absolutely fine. I've got no side effects with it. If anything, I said, my joint pain's gone. My sister, who'd managed to get the same, who'd pushed as well with her GP, she'd actually been told she had fibromyalgia for three years. Soon as she started using testosterone, gone, completely yeah. gone. And I, I really do believe that every woman should be able to get the testosterone as well as the HRT. If it's not licensed in this country, how can it be prescribed? Well, basically, I went to, she gave me my first prescription. A doctor can prescribe unlicensed medication. They do it all right. the time for other, other yeah. things. Yeah, because they don't know enough about menopause and HRT, they're very, very reluctant because mm. they don't know about it. I went in, as I say, very heavy handed and I've been running the group for a while, done an awful lot of research. And she said, look, I'll give you your first prescription. I can see your point. And I read and, I, and she actually said, can I keep all your literature? That's good. Because mm. I printed stuff off from Dr. Louise Newsom's site, which is extremely good. Mm. Take a look yeah. at it. It's really good. Yeah. As I say, I saw uh, Henny Luckman, Dr. Henny Luckman at the Princess Anne about four months later. And in fact, sent a letter to my GP saying, this lady is very knowledgeable. She knows exactly what she's talking about. She's more than happy on the HRT regime she's on. And she's happy to, in, uh, to incorporate the testosterone, which is fine. So I've basically been getting it on the NHS because the specialist has okayed it. Right. But I have got a lot of ladies on the group who have had to go private because they're GPs. Uh, one aren't up to then the education of menopause and HRT mm. um, and they just point blankly say there's no way I'm giving you testosterone even though it's one of our own hormones mm. so it, it's it's very frustrating and, and that's what the group basically is there to support women and talk about it and, and, and talk about anything and everything which is what they do yeah I had a local friend who messaged me very upset because she had was so um, sore her vaginal area was sore and I said to her, this is another thing women don't realise that the vaginal wall becomes thinner as we age and you lose oestrogen there as well. So often than not, you need something like Vagifem or Ovestin, which is a, they call it a topical oestrogen. It's literally got 1% oestrogen in it, but it makes a huge difference. Ladies in their 70s who can keep getting recurring UTIs, it's all down to lack yeah. of oestrogen. Yeah. And fortunately, one of the doctors in the, the surgery is very up on it. And she's even said it's amazing how many women have had UTIs and given antibiotics. It keeps coming back. But the doctor doesn't seem to connect that it's actually related to the drug. No, the hormone estrogen. Mm. So, I mean, I remember getting what I thought was thrush constantly. I was, you know, burning and sore. I'm thinking, what the hell's the matter with me? It was basically due to the fact that I had no estrogen in my body or very, very little. I basically signposted this friend. I said to her about getting this particular book that you can get, which is very good. 
um, covers everything in that because vaginal atrophy is is a problem. There's a lot of women that struggle, but they they just seem to put up with it. They don't do anything about it. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know if it's for fear of being laughed at or not taken seriously at the GP. I have had ladies ring me in tears where their GP has been absolutely awful and poo pooed them and said, "Well, you can you can have antidepressants," and not even taken their you know, well, am I perimenopausal? Because they're still bleeding each month. Some of the GPs are, yeah. well, you can't be menopausal. You're still because getting you your can... menstrual cycle. Exactly, yeah. Mm. So there's a long way to go still. Yeah. A, a long way to go, but it is, it's getting there with the all the different campaigns and campaigners out there. I mean, I attended Parliament last year. Mm. I'm very lucky that I've got Davina following me on my facebook page and on my instagram oh wow so mccall yeah and she's she's lovely yeah. um i've met her a couple of times um obviously she was at the rally last year yeah. she's hoping to do a live with me at some point because we were we've been chatting about that she's really raised the profile hasn't she big time you need sometimes those high profile women mm, true to come forward yeah and the fact that she's done it and now she's got other high profile women coming forward Mm. I mean, Sophie Wessick, the fact that she's, you know, a member of the royal family. Exactly. I, I was just so pleased to see that because I thought it takes a lot of to go public about something so personal. Mm. Yeah. Getting momentum up. And the biggest thing is getting medical students. They should be doing more than half a day's training, which is what I think they were doing before. Half a day. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. you think it affects half of um, patients that any doctor comes into yeah. contact with potentially yeah. doesn't it every single woman will yeah. go through the menopause or perimenopause in some way yeah. or another people say oh I sailed through it I don't think anybody sails through it I think women are very strong and they put up with it mm, absolutely yeah so they just see the achy joints the itching skin the loss of hair as an aging process yeah and okay let's face it we'd all love to slow down the aging process but also if you if you had a, a, a thyroid issue you would take your levothroxine yes. and, and the doctor straight away is, you know, mm. if you need a B12 injection, um, diabetes, you know, mm. all these things. It's no different to your hormones that you're losing when you go through perimenopause. Mm. Well, perimenopause is the start of it. And then obviously your postmenopause. I would say I'm postmenopause now because I, I will say touch wood, I don't get any of the symptoms, but I am on hormone replacement therapy. And is that something you expect to be on? I'll be on it for forever? life. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The benefits, in my view, far outweigh any negatives. Two of the biggest killers in women are are osteoporosis and heart disease. And we have estrogen receptors in every part of our body. Studies are being done in America that they actually think it helps prevent dementia and Alzheimer's. Yes. Because the difference of the brain. Yes. I remember being in tears actually at Wild Ground because I before I went on HRT, I went to the dentist and uh, I was having problems with my teeth. And I remember he said, oh, I'm going to have to whip that tooth out. Well, I was mortified, absolutely mortified, because to me, your teeth are everything. You know, you smile the lot. Yeah. And at the time, I couldn't afford to have, you know, it's like three or four thousand pounds to have a a tooth done. So I had it taken out and that really, really upset me. But since I've been on HRT, I have not had any issues with my teeth whatsoever. And again, Mm. I've read that it's all related. That A lot of women as they age, if they're not on hormone replacement, have a great deal of problems with their teeth as well. I've actually, which is very naughty, I haven't seen a dentist in four years because of lockdown. And because he whipped that out, I left. Oh, <laughs> I was so upset. <laughs> so I've got to get myself a new dentist now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you can find one. Yeah, that's well, I, I'll, I'll go private because it's so important, isn't it, with your teeth? And that's why I keep thinking, I must do that, I must do that. But yeah, it's, and I think it's just, oestrogen is so important for our bodies. It is. I mean, you know, I had a heart attack at 50 with no history of, of heart disease in the family, not no high cholesterol. I wasn't overweight. And, you know, I, I've read since about the lack of oestrogen and the relationship with heart disease, you know. So I absolutely believe, you know, this is, is, is huge. And this is something that, you know, we've got to get our heads around. I think it's education, isn't it, with, mm. the, with not just our age group and older, it's the younger. Mm. I mean, I went to my godson's um, birthday celebration a few weekends ago and there was one young lady sat there. Ashley, she's the uh, same age, so she's 26 and she said to me, oh, you know, my mum. And I was chatting and she said, oh, I've just had loads of tests done. She said, I think I've got endometriosis. And I said, oh, my goodness, Ashley. I said, oh, I am sorry, because it can cause horrendous problems, awful yes. problems. 
And um, she said, you run a group, don't you? And I said, yes, please join it. I said, I've got a, Alex on there has had endometriosis. Unfortunately, she's had to have everything removed. She just made the decision not to have children. She's only 35. So she had a, a complete hysterectomy and oophectomy, which is removing your ovaries. And she's resigned herself to the fact that she's not going to have children. And, and it, But that's her choice. She didn't. But she said the fact that she's had 10 years wasted of her life because she's been back and forth to the doctor so many times. They've just put it down to, oh, it's period pains. It's yeah. heavy bleeding because it's your age. And, you know, so I said to her, join the group because I've got a lot of girls on there now who are sort of 20s up. Hayley, who who used to be my administrator, has taken a step back because she's just adopted a little boy. She's lovely, Hayley. She was only 15 when she went through the menopause. Gosh. Yeah, so she she was basically born with an issue problem but when she was at school she was getting um all the menopausal symptoms and the doctors had no idea what was going on and it mm. wasn't until one doctor said i think we better test your hormone levels they took ages to even think about doing the hormone get to that point yeah and yet you think surely that's got to be one of the first yeah. things being a female so yeah so and she used to actually she said you know I used to pretend that I was having a cycle each month because I, I wanted to be the same as my friends mm. and she just didn't know what was happening to her so she was a very late developer and even back then they only put her on a very low dose of tablet which is extraordinary given the fact that now she's on like 200 milligrams of estrogen daily in a patch form mm. which is far safer for her but yeah, so the group, I'm just desperately, I, I'd like to get more uh, more of the younger women on board just to be able to educate them in the, because we don't want to scare them no, and frighten them and think, oh my God, I'm going to hit 45, 50 and this is all going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen and it, it happens at different stages with women, but it's just being educated enough to know, actually, I can go to my doctor and you can, under the age of 45, get a blood test done which will give you an idea of what your ovaries are doing, which is the FSH blood right. test. And that's good. Yeah, I just think um, it's just the, ed it's educating other women. How do people get to know mm. about your group? Yeah, to be honest, it's been word of mouth. Because I've been so busy with work, I haven't been able to, I've, I've been giving out a few flies when people just ask for them, little um, mm. things with mm. the group on it. And I post on Instagram and, and Facebook, and then ladies will invite their friends on. It's over 10,500 on there now, wow. which is incredible, yeah. given mm. that, you know, I haven't really advertised it. I've got that 1,500 on Instagram, which is apparently my son said is very good. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's just very easy to follow your Instagram, isn't it? Because yeah. everybody can access it and, it's, yeah. and it links you to the Facebook. So it's yeah. very easy. I mean, this is another reason, perhaps, if I can get Davina to do a live, it's, it, it would really open it up to be amazing. joining. Yeah, yeah it's, it's difficult. I had my first, very first menopause coffee morning, which my uh, manager at work, Christine, she's 61. And one of the girls, the one of the healthcare assistants had said, oh, do you realise Jane runs this group? So she came and spoke to me and said, I think it's amazing. Would you do a coffee morning for the staff? Yeah. So I said, yeah, of course I will, because a lot of the carers and nurses are all over the age of 45. And it went really, really well. I, I was a little bit nervous to start with. But once I started chatting, mm. <laughs> you know, job to shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because I'm so passionate about, about it. it and passionate yeah, about it. Yeah. And I, and I, I just find it frustrating. And, it, and all the women that came, they were really impressed. So they said, would you do another one? If we do, at the moment do one a month. I said, yeah, of course I will. Because obviously they're, they're, they're paying me for my time, which is nice. Yeah. I did do a talk at Southampton University um, to the year two medical students. That was very daunting. And I was extremely mm. nervous. Much needed. <laughs> it was it was very good. Alison, who was um, the lecturer, um, spoke for about 10 15 minutes and then introduced me because I was about 70 in there and about 40 were women and they're mm. all around the age of 24 25 yeah. <laughs> so um, Alison said when you uh, what do you think of when someone says menopause to you and the whole place just sat there looking very blank apart from one young lad at the front looked up and said is it got something to do with nights um yeah. hot, hot flushes because my mum's getting a lot of them oh, <laughs> and that was and that was the only symptom they knew yeah they'd done nothing and you know it was their first first lecture on menopause per perimenopause the symptoms yeah oh gosh so do you speak to mm. the women's groups in any format as well I haven't as yet no is that um, something you would think of doing I would like to yes it's very difficult when you got to work hmm, because it's finding time because all the group is voluntary yeah yeah and obviously I have to work at really a minimum of three days a week 
So it's trying to fit it all mm-hmm. in. But I would never refuse going to speak to somebody um, if they said to me, you know, will you come along and have a chat? Because I, I just want people to be edu- women to be educated and not just women. It involves partners and husbands and Absolutely. sons. Exactly, and, yeah. I mean, I look back on how I behaved, my how I was. And I know, I mean, I was awful to Darren some days because I go from being really nice one minute and then being it was like Jekyll and Hyde, mm-hmm. you know, and then I'd be bursting into tears the next. Mm. And getting myself in a state about stupid things if the boys came in and kicked their shoes off and they weren't in the place they should have kicked them off. You know, it was silly things. I would go into this rage, absolute rage. And I I remember thinking, God, what is going on? What's wrong with me? Mm. You know, I'm literally turning into somebody I don't recognise. And I think that's what a lot of women said. And we have had, I think there's two women who have committed suicide in the last two years have been over the age of 50, I think they're about 55, 56. Mm. And it was both instances where the doctors haven't listened to them because your mental health does suffer. Yeah, it's physical and mental because you don't know what's happening. No, no. So it is. It's it's so important to be educated. So important. And and I think yeah, for for men. I mean, yeah. I joke and laugh, and the boys will say to me, "Oh my God, Mum's talking about menopause again." But they know (laughs) everything about it. They they know. And even Andrew said to me. You know, I, I even know when Kate, they live together and they've bought a place together, you know, when Katie's got a menstrual cycle because her mood changes. And I said, well, this is where her hormones are up here. And then, oof. yeah. And I remember when I yeah. used to, you know, I'd be horrible and then happy as Larry, <laughs> you know, of course. and this is the same with um, menopausal women as well. You can almost get to a point sometimes when I can feel myself a bit twitchy and think, oh, it must have been that time of the month normally, but it's just, just kind of weird. So you must feel proud that you've got such a response from so many people um, following you and wanting to be part of the group and everything like that. I am. Yeah, I'm pretty chuffed that it's got mm. as well as it has. I've done a couple of interviews. Uh, Alice Smelly, who writes for the Daily Mail, is lovely. She, I actually speak to her on quite regularly. Yeah, She's part of the menopause mandate that's just come out, which is who were in Parliament yesterday. Mm. And unfortunately... Um, the the only people that were due to go were the M- female MPs and some of the doctors because she said because I'd actually said to her you know are are any of the groups going and she said unfortunately we just don't have the room that's why we've got the 18th of October uh, down as the next rally in London because it's World Menopause Day on that Tuesday as well yeah so I'm hoping that, that the groups will come together and we'll all meet there I'm looking going down with um, Claire Hattrick um, and she's another what I call grassroots campaigner um so we're tying up this friday for the first time we've only ever spoken like this before right whereas we're actually going to meet on friday for for lunch and have a good old chat and travel to london together but i am proud yeah Mm. i am very proud that the group's done so well and as i say alice messaged me and said would you mind doing an art a a piece in the daily mail for me and i at the time i didn't even know what it was about and it was linked with the menopause but also with makeup so it actually turned out when it came out it's my picture with fortunately I sent her a nice picture with makeup (laughs) on and lipstick on and um, it was all to do with um, products Um, but it was actually advertising summer boots so it was actually boots and I remember a friend saying to me I've just opened the daily mail and you're in it (laughs) and uh, yeah if I can help anywhere I will because I'm very passionate about it I would love to be able to it would be great to do it as a job Yes. But I mean, I'm not qualified and I'm not medically trained in any way at all, but neither are a lot of the women that are bringing out books left, right and centre. I mean, another proud moment for me was when Alice Smelly and Marilla Frostrup put my, they, they interviewed me and my piece was put in there, Cracking the Menopause is in their oh, book. Oh. Yeah, I was really pleased about that. So, but they're not medically trained. I've been very lucky because I messaged uh, Dr. Louise Newson. I was able to do the 14 fish training which is on offer free to every GP and it's fantastic. So I've been able to do that. So I could in a way say I'm a menopause coach. <laughs> Definitely. Mm. You know, teaching you, us you sometimes think, oh, I wish I had some some medical background, you know, because I think it makes women more at ease knowing that you might be medically trained in some way. But I think just talking about it is just as good sometimes. And you can you can signpost them, can't you? You can signpost them to what to do and you know possibly what to look at and research certain certain medications as well because a lot of women ring me up and say I've been given this huge and what the hell do I do with it mm-hmm. and I'm like yeah. okay mm. 
and again i have to just say look i'm not medically trained but this is how you can you know use it take it when i look back and i think god i felt fantastic in my 20s and 30s yeah you know because that's when your estrogen and testosterone is at its peak and of course that's why if you wait if women wait too long to have their babies that's why they often have problems conceiving mm. because i think that as soon as I, th- I would say probably end at end towards the end of your 30s going into your early 40s it all starts to so yeah and I, and I often say to women look you drive a car you put petrol in your car what else does it take oil yeah so what you're doing is you're feeding and, and giving your body but you're not putting in the oil yeah. which keeps your body lubricated yeah, basically yeah, yeah. Well, this is so. the problem because we're not educated in it isn't it and I just think oh my goodness I mean I'm very lucky my mum had no idea when she went to see a doctor age 50 she went and she said, oh my god I'm having hot sweats I can't sleep at night because sleeping's another thing well I sleep like a log mm. I never wake up for the loo or anything but it's not something that was ever mentioned to me mm. or no, spoken me about no. which is and I, th- I think perhaps it does depend mm. on how your family members her, your mum if you've followed a mum yeah. going through if she's had a problem mm. or not mm. and then you're more prepared if you go down the same route mm. but it's not always the same is it no I mean I was quite lucky because my mum's always she went to a doctor at the age 50 with night sweats feeling feeling horrible um she said I was low and I, I remember and I remember her snapping at us because my mum was quite young when she had us and I remember my mum going through a stage of suddenly getting big around the middle because this is the other thing as well is women don't realize that when your body starts producing estrogen your own body tries to store what's left and it stores it in your fat cells around your stomach so big battle once you get on estrogen it's getting the balance right to then exercise you do have to kind of change your way of eating because I find if I eat too many carbs or white bread, it bloats me, something wicked. I've upped my, um, upped my exercise when from doing nothing because I literally went through a stage of I couldn't be asked. Yeah. I yeah. thought I can't be bothered anymore. I'll just sit, on the, sit in front of the telly or read a book, eat rubbish and drink. And yeah, but I've, I've found if I do about 10 miles a week, my, my weight started. I'm literally doing a pound a week at the moment. And I found that my track, everything is fitting better. Mm. So you put your jeans on, it's like, oh, they actually work without me going, you know. So um, going back to mum, she went to this doctor, bearing in mind this is 30 years ago, and she had a young registrar, female, who'd done her her main in gynaecology and women's issues. And she said, oh, she said, "Uh, well, you're perimenopausal. And my mum was sat there and went, pardon? What? I can't be menopausal. I'm only 50 yeah and she said well you are your symptoms so she put my mum back then on a tablet unfortunately then they had a tablet that I can never remember it begins with p but it's made from horse's urine mares yeah so it's quite controvert now they don't it's still available would you believe but it's very very rarely prescribed but mum said it, it literally within weeks her symptoms stopped and when there was a scare back here 21 years ago when the Lancet brought out a, a piece about you know it can cause cancer and you can die if you're on hrt thousands upon thousands of women stopped taking it overnight yeah mum didn't because she thought i am not having those symptoms back mm. but she went back to her gp and they i believe put her on a different tablet and then i think possibly 10 years ago she went on to the Everall conti patch but i'm convinced my mum is she's 80 in november she has no she has no other medication. She's on no blood pressure tablets, nothing. All she does is stick a patch on her upper butt twice a week. And uh, yeah, she looks, she walks daily, drives the car still, is compass mentis. She's absolutely yeah. brilliant. And I, I get some people say, oh, well, I had a nan that was like that, who was fine. Yeah. And there are always going to be people who've got very good genes. But my mum swears by it, absolutely swears that she can get out of bed in the morning because she's on HRT. Does your mum take testosterone as well? Or... She does use a little bit of testosterone, yeah. yes, which actually it's because I convinced my father to have a blood test three years ago because he was he was struggling to get up the stairs. He was 80 last year. And I said to him, I said, you do realise men's testosterone drops like it, women's oestrogen and testosterone? And he said, no. So I said, go to your GP, ask for a blood test. Oh, no, 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 I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. So I said, OK, here you are. So I gave him some of mine. He actually used it and could not believe the difference within 
within weeks, which obviously isn't the right thing to do. But with dad, that was the only way I managed to get him to go. He's been on testosterone for three years now and it's made a huge difference. He's writing his second book. Gosh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fine. I say he's 81. Oh, Thursday. Wow. <laughs> this Thursday, I've just realised, yeah. You better not forget that. <clears throat> no. But, um, Going back to you mentioned yeah. about 20 years ago, um, mm. everybody... There was a big scare about HRT causing yeah. cancer. What is the research around there that has, now? There's been a huge amount of research. Mm-hmm. And obviously, unfortunately, there are cancers that are receptive to oestrogen. And when we've had ladies join the group that say they've had breast cancer, my advice to them is go private mm-hmm. because you still can have body identicals, but it, you have to see somebody who knows what they're doing. They've actually said that the risks to having breast cancer is better if you're actually on HRT, body identical. So the, they like you to try and be on HRT before you you hit 60, if you can, because it's far more beneficial before the age of 60. It still helps after 60. But um, there's been a lot of hell of a lot of research because that's a really big taboo, obviously, for lots of women. So I take an estrogen blocker mm. and I noticed when I started taking that nearly three years ago now mm. I noticed a huge difference and mm. I started to have as you say the night sweats yeah. and the bones and aches mm. so I will I will look and to see what I can have yeah there's lots of private menopause specialists out there and the British Menopause Society have actually got a search bar that you can put your postal code in and you just literally put your postcode in and it brings up your closest menopause specialist although you're paying a lot of money initially I think it's better to get it from some that somebody specialises in it. And I think if it was me, because you don't want those symptoms coming back, um, if you are able to take some form of transdermal oestrogen, which is the patch spray or gel, then that's mm. the route I would look down. And, and there are women on my group that have had breast cancer, ovarian cancer that are on HRT because there's a wide variety of women on yeah. the group. I mean, as far as Australia, America... Uh, France so there's there's quite a few different nationalities on there as well but that's what I would say is if it's money well spent in my view yeah to to get your life back to how you want to feel nearly normal I don't think we're ever going to feel our 20s and 30s (laughs) as much as we'd like to as you said earlier you Mm -hmm. know when you're in your 20s and 30s you've got all your hormones in the right balance and you just feel wonderful you're on a high yeah. And, and it's only when your menstrual cycle comes around each time and you think, oh, you're, you, you've had, you know, the anger and the tears and then suddenly you're fine. But it, that, that doesn't go away with menopause. It, it's it's I don't think I ever I, I was joyless. That's the only way I can describe it. And the worst thing for me was the anxiety. Mm. I had horrendous anxiety when I changed from the tablets to the um, patch and gel. Um, I actually had two weeks off work. And this is another thing as well. This is going back a couple of years. I lied about why I was off work because I didn't feel I could tell them I was off because of menopause. Although now I wouldn't bat an eyelid. No. Um, I think I said something like I've got sickness and diarrhea. And you find a lot of women lie about why they're actually off because especially if they have a male boss and they think they won't understand. But this is another thing they're bringing in more so that we have to have policies in place. You know, it's not an excuse. You know, it's going to be another reason for women to be off sick and things like that. And if you get your HRT, your hormone balance right, then you're not going to be off sick. No, you're going to be able to work because you're not struggling with the hot flushes, the cold. You know, some women feel cold all the time. But most women I know that I work with, I can sit in an office and I'm fine. And they're saying, oh, my God, I'm so hot. I can't breathe. And they're, they're just continuously hot. But I do think the po- there needs to be a menopause policy in every workplace because um, we- women should be able to say, look, I, I can't come in because my anxiety has gone through the roof. Yeah. Um, especially if they're not on HRT for whatever reason, because some yeah. women don't want to take it. They're, they're, and, and I do think, again, choice. yeah, it is a choice. But I do think, again, it's, it's often down to the lack of education surrounding it. Because if a doctor told you that you were a diabetic, you wouldn't think twice about saying to him, no, no I'm not. I'm not that drug or if you had a thyroid issue yeah and I think you're right Jane I think we we put up with a lot I think it's masked by so many other things isn't it when you're a woman I think as well and oh definitely I think women are I mean I always say we, we are a strong sex and it, it and I had to kick my uh, my own butt very hard many times just to get to work 
because I was suffering mentally more than anything. Mm. Um, as I say, I had anxiety. I wouldn't drive anywhere that I didn't know. Mm. I couldn't even enter the big Tesco's because really? I just felt like, oh, it was it's so hard to explain anxiety if you've not had it. But as I say, touch wood, I've, it's something that I haven't suffered with in over two years now since I've got yeah. it, my balance completely right. And where, well, I haven't run out as yet. There is another shortage, which is absolutely yes. disgraceful. Um, fortunately, my sister who works in a chemist and of course, um, Tracy, we've been, I, we've, mm. they're just giving women one thing of gel rather than three or four in a time so that other women can get the gel. So nobody's yeah. being left out, which is a really good idea. That's good. But we shouldn't be in that situation. It really, really frustrates me. And I've got women on the group saying, I'm going to Spain next week. Does anybody want me to pick up? Which is so wrong to do because you don't know. Yeah, nothing, it's not regulated, but you can go to Spain and buy stuff like over the counter. And exactly. It's like, yes. You know, yeah. And my advice to her was to speak to your GP, tell your GP you've picked the testosterone up because you've obviously read that it helps. But you need to let your doctor know what you're taking. What you're taking. Yeah. Exactly. Because, you know, it's, it's a medication that should be prescribed by your GP. Absolutely. But their attitude is getting to the point now where they're saying, well, if I can get it in Spain, why not? Mm. It shouldn't be like that. We shouldn't have to battle for the hormones that our body produces. And no. it is very, very frustrating. And as you say in The Lancet, when they wrote that article scared women after mm, death true. and it really was and it wasn't even um it wasn't even researched properly no that was it's only since that that they've looked into it and said well actually the research wasn't shouldn't have even been published because it hadn't been looked into properly and it was done on women over the age of 65 or something and it was not even perimenopausal it should never have been published never have been published no. a lot of women went through I went through hell yeah hopefully not commit suicide but you know years back women were put in mental in, mental institutions exactly yeah, yeah. what's a big change mm. for you Jane because I can remember you as this very glamorous snow white type person mm. and, and you know always the life of the party mm. and then that changed and then that changed yeah big time yeah. and I, I can remember that quite distinctly yeah it's you, you kind of withdraw into yourself it's weird and you don't want to socialize I know a lot of girls friends who have lost friends because they haven't understood why their friend is being so off with them or they've spoken to them badly and I would say just be patient and wait for them to come out the other side because there's been a lot of people who have lost friendships over the menopause mm. um, marriages are broken down um, a lot of divorces Oh, uh, yeah, there have been some very unfortunate, oh. sad suicides. Um, and the husbands on these two occasions were distraught about it. But yeah, you, I, it, it changed me, definitely. I, I went from enjoying going out to not wanting to go out. Yeah. I didn't want to socialise. I'd get invited to things and I'd make excuses that I wasn't well or that I had something else planned because I didn't feel that anyone would understand that actually I was fighting my own little inner battle because it, it does affect you mentally as well. And it makes you, you just don't want to go out. You don't want to socialise. You don't want to talk to people. Even some of your friends that you've had, you know, what you class as your best friends. Oh, definitely. But I would say that the, the, the ladies that know you well enough know. So I, I have what I call a, a, um, a few friends, on, you know, on, I can count on one hand, that the girl ladies that I could go to if I said I'm really i'm not right yeah. yeah and i and i because i tend to generally wear my heart on my sleeve and i will talk about things but yeah i went from being very sociable and very confident mm. to suddenly not recognizing who i was at all and that that resonates with so many women so many but it is all i would say down to yeah you just the heart that just changes you totally changes you i mean i said to one lady i said i hit a brick wall with a wrecking ball that's how it felt and yeah i mean I was probably hell to live with as well. I mean, Darren never moans, but I was probably <laughs> awful. I know my boys sometimes say, oh, my goodness, mum, you were dreadful, mm. you know, but um, let's just say they know a lot about menopause. Yeah. <laughs> I, you feel you've come out the other side now? Def yeah, definitely. I mean, I will never come off Good. HRT. I will be on it for life. As my mum has said, I mean, she's had, I think, two young doctors have tried to take her off it. And let's just say she almost took their hands off. <laughs> I, I, I was going to ask you, talking about Spain there, but in your, you know, your experience, are there any countries that are getting it right? I've not come on the group. I've got quite a mixture of women 
Yeah. And I thought America would be ahead of us. In fact, they're not. Mm. The women in America are having horrendous problems. They can't get insured either. Another thing, yeah. Can't get insured. Um, they're having to pay a lot of money for their HRT. They think what we've got here is wonderful, obviously. Mm. I've spoken to women in Denmark, Holland, who have all had horrendous issues. Some even to the point where their GPs will not prescribe full stop because they don't know enough about HRT. Yeah, I've not found another country as yet that is it that is on top of it at all. The only place I would say is seems to be is Scotland. Seem to be doing very well. I believe they're opening up menopause clinics, okay. and their prescriptions are free. So I'm not sure. I should have done my research on it because I don't know about Ireland and Wales. But someone did say to me that possibly Ireland and Wales have free HRT as well. But I know for sure Scotland does because the Scottish women are always saying to us, "Well, ours is free, so why isn't yours?" Yes. There are a number of specialist clinics across the country. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are, and um, but you can if you can't afford to go privately. And let's face it, women shouldn't have to pay to go privately. Mm. There should be a menopause specialist in basically in every GP surgery, yeah. whether it be a, a um, advanced nurse practitioner or a GP. Because mm. I always said, you know, is even signposting women. I mean, I've had phone calls at work and, and I've had women speak to me, you know, and, and I said, well, write down all your symptoms. before You get a 10 minute appointment mm. slot, Make write sure down you know. everything, write yeah. down your symptoms, how you're feeling, that you've looked, I said, research as much as you can before your appointment, because if the doctor knows that you are aware of the benefits and and negatives etc then they know you've done your research so they're more likely because they have a duty of care as well mm. to prescribe something for you to try I mean what do you say in this current climate it's quite difficult to get an appointment to start with, with oh, your doctor, it's, yeah it? it's really hard I mean we've because there is a move yeah. isn't there to have um, pharmacies prescribe it without yeah I don't what do you think of that I don't know because it could be open to um I don't know I at the moment a pharmacy can issue an alternative yeah they yeah they've just done that haven't they yes yeah yeah so they can if you go in and you can't get your gel as long as the pharmacist is aware of the dosage yes there's no reason like if if the if the prescription says one milligram of um yeah estrogen which is literally one pump Mm -hmm. then they could look at uh the like an everall patch which is 25 which is the equivalent I think that could work. I'm not sure. I mean, it could, if they had somebody who specialised in mm. menopause, who had done some sort of training, yes, I could see it could work. It would take a lot of pressure off GPs, I think. But I, I've had one lady come back to me on the group saying she felt belittled by her GP. I, they, Gosh. Oh, I've had dreadful, oh, I've had awful feedback on the, on the group. And it's really difficult because I've got a couple of lovely doctors on there. And I don't like GP bashing you know because you know that they have to ha- know a little bit about everything everything yes I'm under the impression that they have to be up to date with everything yeah that's right where is something like the menopause nature too they're not at all so it is very very frustrating and you can see the anger come out in some of the comments quite a lot where mm. they're going to their GPs and their GPs are putting them on antidepressants or saying oh we'll have another blood we'll do a blood test well of course blood tests are fine but if you're over the age of 45 you need to go on the symptoms alone. Blood tests won't give you an accurate reading because your hormones are all over the place. Yeah. Mm. I mean, what advice would you give generally then to politicians, the medics? I'm not sure who to give it to. What advice would you give? Well, basically, this is what the all the groups are trying to get is um, that all GPs have to be educated in it, that it's it's done as training has got to be something that they have to do when they're at medical school and also education within schools or colleges I don't know possibly the last year of school when because we they do a sex education that's right yeah in my view without frightening women and young girls they do need to know a little bit about what's going to happen to their bodies because they know what happens to their bodies when they get pregnant yeah yeah you know and 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 sexually transmitted diseases everything you know and and you know everything about it so surely they should be educated in what will happen as you get older and not by scaremongering yeah it's just no it's just literally the menopause yeah your period yes. will stop yeah and, and, yeah. and of course it's That's yeah and it. it's not that is it, it perimenopause can last for no, 10 years no. before you mm. finally go into menopause which is basically what happened with me yeah and then if you have anything removed whether and even a hysterectomy 
can give you symptoms of perimenopause. And so many women are sent home without being given any advice or any, or even they should be at that point. I've forgotten the word, it's gone. Referred. Referred. That's my menopause brain. Yeah, every woman should be referred to an NHS specialist after having any kind of surgery. Yes. Mm. Without a doubt. Because I've what I hear about women who have had ovaries removed or had the whole lot removed, wombs, uterus, the lot, and they've not not been referred in any way at all. Honestly, Jane, there's there seems to be so much that needs to be overhauled, you know, on so many levels. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, you found in this group is amazing. So what would you like to do next? Yeah, I would love to be able to um, coach ladies in the sense just just be an informal chat chat like we're doing now. So it would be lovely to be able to help women in that way because I'm not medically trained. I'm not ever going to be able to prescribe or anything like that. I'm always going to be campaigning for better healthcare surrounding the menopause for women. I think generally women's healthcare is pretty poor, especially around the menopause and a lot of women are poo-pooed and pushed away to push to one side you know um and there was always that lot you know the middle age spread and the jokes mm. isn't it all you know don't go to nan she's having a hot flush you'll you'll you know catch on fire and yeah and it's all very well to make jokes and things but it does get to the point where you actually think well actually this lady is really suffering so uh, i mean i would just love to be able to help people yeah if i could get a job talking and chatting like i did a bit more at the university that would be great yeah but yeah, I mean, it's very frustrating when you think it would be nice to make an income from it in a way, but also you don't want to, I don't want to be seen as charging women for something that's so, so essential. Know, yeah. You know, helping where I can and, and doing it as a voluntary thing, unless I, some miracle happens and I'm able to, <laughs> to do it as a job. <laughs> well, brilliant. Thank you, Jane. That's right. It has been fascinating <laughs> listening to it all. And as somebody who's actually had all her estrogen blocked and continues to take it mm. it's really interesting to hear yeah what you have to say and the lady at work said to me I'm 61 am I too old for HRT and I said no you're not too old for HRT you're never too old to start taking yeah. estrogen the fact that it just helps with UTIs and thrush as you get older which seems to be an awful recurring thing for poor women in the yeah. 70s and 80s exactly um mm. to me no take a take your hormone replacement therapy and it's quite funny when you talk to people, they say, oh, God, I've got itchy hair. I've got itchy skin. I'm not sleeping at night. I get up to go to the toilet yeah. two times at night. And yeah, going, well, I, don't, yeah. I have none of that. I don't ever yeah. wake up. I don't ever need a, the loo um, at night. I don't have itchy skin. I'm not oh. losing my hair anymore. Um, my moods are 10 times better. Um, Darren will vouch for that. <laughs> and, the boy, uh, and the boys. So, Well, thank you. That's all right. That's brilliant to talk to you. More than happy to. I hope I'm waffled on too much. You'll, you'll be editing all. this it's for hours. Been enlightening, <laughs> really enlightening. Thank you very much, Jane, for talking to us, and of course to our listeners. We look forward to you joining us for our next episode when we talk to a remarkable 95-year-old lady, Anna. Anna was born and lived in Austria during the Nazi occupation and subsequent liberation by the British, and then came to London to work as an au pair in the swinging 60s finally marrying and settling in Southampton and raising her own family. So until then, take care and thank you for listening. <laughs>